Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. March 16th is the 50th anniversary of the My Lai Massacre, the day Americans killed more than 500 unarmed Vietnamese civilians in one hamlet. Many people don't know how it ended. An American helicopter pilot landed there and at gunpoint told the American troops to stop the killing. And they did. That helicopter pilot was Hugh Thompson. He's the man who stopped the My Lai Massacre. I spoke with him in February 2000 for KPFK Radio in Los Angeles. March 16, 1968, you were a helicopter pilot in Vietnam, and what was your mission that day? Uh, to provide uh, aerial scout reconnaissance to the uh, ground troops we had uh, inserted on the, on the ground that day and uh, try to locate, get out in front of them, try to locate the enemy, draw fire from the enemy and let the uh, infantry people know, you know where, where it was coming from or where to watch out for or take it out. So then that morning you took off, you flew over the hamlet of My Lai. I understand you didn't see uh, many Viet Cong troops that, that morning. Now, when we, on our first pass right after the infantry had been inserted, and they were inserted away from the village, they had, you know, they had a little area to cross, open area rice fields to get to the village. We made our first pass out in front of them. We did see one uh, Viet Cong exiting the village uh, with the weapon. I told Larry to, you know, get him. Uh, and uh, Larry, Larry was your gunner, Larry Colburn. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, we missed him, and he made it into the tree line and got away, and that was the only sign of danger we encountered that whole day. We never received a round. We never saw anybody with a weapon, and no weapons were captured that day. So what did you see when you flew over the that hamlet of My Lai? We started noticing these, you know, large number of bodies everywhere. Uh, and throughout the village, that, well, not throughout the village, in certain areas of the village. They weren't there before. Uh, people on the road, you know, dead, wounded, and just sitting there saying, you know, God, how did this happen? Uh, what's going on? And we, we started thinking what might have happened, but you didn't want to accept that thought because if you accepted it, that means your own fellow Americans and people you were there to protect were doing something very evil. And, and who were the people who were uh, lying in the, uh, in the roads and, and in the ditch, wounded and killed? Uh, they were non-combatants. They were old women, old men. Children, kids, babies. Babies. Uh, no weapons. And don't, don't get me wrong. Now, every, every person that died that day or got murdered could have been a Viet Cong, just with no weapon visible. 
Uh-huh. They could have been a Vietcom sympathizer. But the way I was trained and the way American soldiers are trained is if Hitler walks out of a bunker and lays his weapon down, he's no longer your enemy. He is a prisoner of war. So what did you do then? Uh, we continued to recon, and the next big thing, I guess, was we came across a ditch that had, oh, I'd say over 100 bodies in it. And we noticed some of them were still alive. And we were thinking, how'd these people get in the ditch? And we had the thought coming in our mind, but it, I wouldn't accept it at first. Because I tried to come up with scenarios of how they got in the ditch, like they were hit with the artillery when it came in. Or when the Americans came through, they just gathered up all the dead bodies that had been killed by the artillery and thrown in the ditch. And we couldn't live with that one either because there were, you know, people in the ditch that weren't wounded. And then the thought kind of sucked in that these people might have been marched down in the ditch and slaughtered. So we stopped again, sat down, got out of the aircraft, went up to a uh, lieutenant and a sergeant, Cody Harrison. Wounded civilians in the ditch, could they help them out? Uh, said they could help them out of their misery. They could help them out of their misery. Yes, sir. And I said, oh, come on, guys, quit joking around here. They said, okay, we'll take care of it. So I got back in the aircraft and took off. Uh, Glenn Andrada, who was my crew chief, I was sitting on my left. And I took the aircraft off and made my turn. We heard machine gun fire going off. And then Glenn comes over the the intercom and just says, my God, they're firing into the ditch. Uh, You land then, sometime after that, you landed again. We saw, uh, we couldn't deny what was going on. And uh, I want to bring out the infantry soldier has the uh, hardest job there is in the military, I think. And I admire him as long as they, you know, do their job honorably and how they were taught. We put 190 people on the ground that day. Only about 13 to 18, maybe 23 took part in this. Okay. Not everybody did, and everybody, a lot of other people were as outraged as I was. But later, we saw uh, some civilians hiding in the bunker, uh, cowering, kind of looking out the door, saw some advancing Americans coming that way, and I'd asked for help twice now and got people killed. So I just figured it was time to, you know, do something to, you know, not let these people get killed. So landed the aircraft in between the Americans and the Vietnamese, told my crew chief and gunner to cover me, got out of the aircraft, went over to the American side and said, you know, there's some uh, civilians right up ahead in the bunker. Can you help them out? And I told them with a hand grenade, and I guess that's when I got a little hot and told them just to hold their people there. I think I can do better. And I've already told my people to shoot if y'all should. And I said, let's be cool, whatever. And I thank God to this day that uh, everybody did stay cool and nobody opened up. So, so uh, you told these American troops... That if they uh, 
if they fired on the Vietnamese uh, civilians in the bunker, that you and your crew would open fire on them. Is that right? Yes, sir. So basically you put your own life and the lives of your crew in between those Vietnamese civilians and the American soldiers who were advancing on them at My Lai. You, you risk your lives to protect those Vietnamese civilians that day. Well, it didn't come to that, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. The uh, it was time to stop it, and I figured at that point uh, that was the only way. You know, that this uh, madness or whatever you want to call it could be stopped. Well, then you did stop it that day. We are we are given credit for that, yes, sir. Well, Hugh Thompson, let let me just say to you, uh, thank you. Thank you for what you did that day, March 16th, 1968, in, in My Lai. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Trent, let me ask you a question. Trent Andrews, author of The Forgotten Hero of My Lai, the Hugh Thompson story. Uh, to me, one of the most amazing thing in this very strong and moving book is it's called... Appendix number one, it's a list of the 504 people killed in the My Lai Massacre. The names of every one of them, Vietnamese name, age, and whether they were uh, male or female. I have never seen a list like this before. How did you decide to put this in the book, and, and what did it take to put this list together? The Embassy of Vietnam in Washington, D.C. helped us to uh, to get this list. Um, these are are only 504 of the 2.3 million or 2.7 million, whatever the number is. And this was an effort to, to humanize the, uh, the people. Um, we did a st- something of an analysis of, by age and so forth, and we found that um, um, there were about 50 people who were age three years old or younger, oh. which is to say age one, two, or three. Fifty. Uh, right, there were 50 uh, babies, essentially. There were 69 people who were between the ages of 4 and 7. Uh, there were 91 between the ages of 8 and 12. Um, I think that these numbers speak for themselves as to the horror of what happened at Milan. We only have a couple of minutes left to talk to you, too. I wanted to follow the story to the... To this happier ending, uh, Hugh, you were finally awarded the Soldier's Medal by the Army, acknowledging the value of uh, what you did. That was awarded on March 6, 1998 at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington. You've also recently taken a trip back to Vietnam. You went back to the hamlet of My Lai, and you met some of the people whose lives you saved back in 19. 19- 68. Can you tell us a little about that trip? The trip was uh, very much a roller coaster. There were real good highs and very low lows. Uh, one of the ladies that we had uh, helped out that day came up to me and asked, Where, why? Why didn't the people who committed these acts come back with you? And I was just, you know, devastated at that. Yeah. And then she finished her sentence, and she said, So 
we could forgive them. Mm. I'm not man enough to do that. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish I should be. I wish I was, but I won't lie to anybody. I'm, I'm not that much of a man. And you said there were some highs as well as that low. There's always a uh, question in my mind. Did, did anybody know? We all aren't like that. Did they know that somebody tried to help? And yes, they did know that. So that that aspect of it made me feel, you know, real good. Well, my conclusion here today is that the massacre of 500 unarmed Vietnamese civilians at the hamlet of My Lai <clears throat> was committed by Americans, but it was also stopped by Americans. And Hugh Thompson, thanks to you, thank you for what you did at My Lai, and thank you for talking to us today. Thank you, sir, very much. Hugh Thompson, he died in January 2006. He was only 63. I spoke with him in February 2000. March 16th is the 50th anniversary of the My Lai Massacre. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.